Hello everyone, uh, Cryptonolds here. Happy Harry Hard on AKA Ray Ramos coming at you again to fulfill the other end of my bargain with you. Thank you for joining me once again and for listening to me on Substack. We're going to get right into it. We're talking about the man dog, or rather, sorry, once again, the dog man experience that I had uh, back in my youth in El Paso, Texas, in the deserts. The desert wastes of El Paso, if you want to call it that. So when we last left our intrepid heroes, I'm going to jump right into it, man. I'm not going to give you... Well, maybe I'll give you like a little backstory. So long story short, um, I ended up uh, making an enemy out of a brujo, out of a nagual. And uh, yeah, that was not a good idea. And uh, here we are and here we go. So, by the way, if you want to know exactly what happened, you can always uh, go back and listen to the previous episode. Aha. So... When we last left our intrepid um, band of occultists, or whatever you want to call them, uh, we had decided to go back to the desert, to go back to the spot we were at, and uh, find out what the hell was going on, find out what the hell we had just experienced, because we were all shaken to the core, but angry at the same time. We weren't so much scared or afraid. We did have some fear in us, but it was more anger than anything else, like Oh, okay, so we've come this far on our path. We've learned all this cool stuff, at least we thought it was. We're not going to be scared off by something that we're supposed to accept as uh, unexplained, I guess. We've been training for this. We know the deal. We know what we're supposed to do. Confront our fears. Show no fear. And dominate whatever was out there. So off we went. We got all piled back into my friend's car. We drove back out there in the same way that we sat in the car on the way out is the same way we returned in the car on the way in. We stopped and uh, my friend decided that he would draw a uh, protection circle around the vehicle. Now, back then, El Paso ended on Joe Battle and we were a little bit beyond Joe Battle going east. There was nothing out there. There wasn't... Uh, much of, uh, I guess, if you want to call it civilization, there was no housing, there was no major uh, department stores or strip malls or anything like that, and the cops were very few and far between. Usually, we'd get a sheriff or maybe something like that, a state trooper, if at that. So we're all sitting there waiting uh, uh, on the car. You know, we're, we're sitting on the car, just looking around, trying to see if we can get our bearings, trying to see if we can find uh, the source of that noise that we heard, those barking noises, the howling noises, the dog-like noises, if we see anything in the bushes around us. And it was, um, there was moonlight. There was a full moon. That kind of just adds a little bit more of a creepy factor to, uh, to the story, huh? My friend had drawn the protection circle around the car. He had dug it into the ground with his foot. He had said a prayer. He said we were safety. We were in safe a safe place as long as we stayed within the circle. And we were standing around the car. He had drawn the circle with enough room for us to move around the car. It wasn't like right up against it or anything like that. And uh, we waited around. We were looking around. Next thing we know, we uh, hear... Um, a vehicle approaching. We look, and there is, coming down the road we had come down, very, very um, lonely road at that, and we had gone into the desert at least a good mile or two. There's a car approaching, and we look, and we can't really make it out, and the lights are on, but they seem very, very dim. We uh, steady ourselves to see what's to come. We don't know if we're, when you're trespassing or something, because it's really difficult to, to see what's marked out here. And sure enough, the car comes right at us with its lights. It turns on its brights so we can't see 
what type of vehicle it is or how many people are in the vehicle. And with the brights on, these two El Paso Police Department officers step out. They step out and they start walking towards us. And we're like, ah, shit. And, uh, you know, my, my friend's like kind of uh, shooting bricks a little bit because the car, well, the sticker is expired, which is something that's very common in El Paso. Sticker's expired by like a year. He doesn't have a license, or rather his license was, uh, I think, expired or something. I'm not sure. Um, all of us are just there, like, doing whatever. I remember we had root beer. That's all we had. We didn't have any real alcohol. We had some chips, maybe, and lots and lots of Barks root beer because, hey, you know, Barks has got the bite. So we're just standing around the vehicle. The cops approach us and uh, start circling us. They start circling us and looking. They don't say anything much at first. And then they ask us, what are you guys doing out here? We're like, oh, nothing, sir. We just came out here. We're enjoying the desert. Um, we're not drinking or anything. We have root beer, as you can see. You know, that's it. And um, they kind of kept their distance as they walked around us. And they didn't really flash any flashlights at us, which is kind of strange because, I mean, cops and flashlights, that's like they're born with them in their hand, basically. Or a gun, but that's a whole other story. Trigger happy much? So they started asking us a bunch of questions about what we're doing, all this other stuff. We answer them. You know, we're just out here. We're just hanging out. Nothing major is going on. Um, you know, it was a Friday night. And they're asking if, uh, you know, we've been smoking or anything like that. And we're like, no, uh, other than cigarettes. And uh, they circle us again, both of them, one on each side and one on the other, opposite ends of the vehicle. And I notice that they are not crossing the circle that my friend had drawn on the floor with his foot. And it's interesting because you really couldn't tell. You really couldn't see it unless you really looked in that area, if you look down, the cops are keeping their distance, and that distance is the circumference of the protection circle my friend had drawn around the vehicle. After a few minutes, they say, okay, guys, well, just uh, be careful out here, which is even more strange because they didn't ask us to leave. They're, uh, you know, they were like, yeah, just be careful out here. A lot of strange stuff goes on out here. You never know who you'll run into. So, uh, yeah, have, a, have yourself a good night. And they went back. They got in their vehicle. Uh, backed up with the light still on us, turned around at some point in time, and then left. And the thing that got me the most about this uh, is, is the fact that they were El Paso PD. El Paso PD at that point in time was around in that area, but they kind of tended to stay more in the valley or the more populated area uh, of this part of town. Which is really bizarro because, I mean, what the hell was the Paso PD doing all the way out here? Usually, like I said, we would see sheriff or state troopers and stuff like that. But no, it was El Paso PD. So this is the, the point where we're like, fuck this. We've decided to set out into the, the desert because we are going to go look for whatever it was that scared us off. The cop thing, we really didn't think about it at the moment. It wasn't until later in reflection that we were like, that was strange. But um, we all walked out of the protection circle. We broke the protection circle and started just wandering into the desert with the full moon as our only light because none of us had any fucking flashlights. And we're walking around the desert looking for dogs, looking for something that ran on four legs because that's what we assumed had been hounding us, so to speak. That's what we assumed was uh, the culprit in this situation. That's what scared us off. Some sort of animal 
dog that uh, was out here. A feral dog, perhaps, or maybe a pack of them or something. But we were so angry. We were so upset with uh, the situation that we just wandered off into the desert. All seven of us. Lucky seven. <laughs> we wandered off into the desert to see if we could find any sort of evidence that there was any dogs out here. And, uh, well, little did we know that there was something out here. And we were about to find out what it was. So we were taught uh, when we were learning about all the spiritual stuff, never run away from anything that you don't understand. Don't, you can turn your back on it and just walk away, but never ever run from something supernatural. It's like that quote in The Last Unicorn, never run away from something supernatural or something immortal because you will attract its attention. Always walk away. Take your time, be calm, and walk away. No matter what, no matter <laughs> what situation you may find yourself in, try to maintain your composure and just walk the hell away. So just keep that in mind. So there we are. We're strolling off into the desert, more like stomping off into the desert. And like I said, we didn't have flashlights. We were just out there, um, you know, by the seat of our pants kind of thing, whatever. The th weird thing that happened with the cops had just finished happening, and we were dead set on finding out what the hell was going on. So we start walking out there, and uh, the moon was il illuminating everything. We could see bushes. We could see the city lights, the mountains, the clouds. The moon was coming through. It was a full moon. It was radiant. About four of us were in the lead, I was in the middle, and then two were straggling behind. The four in the lead were more of the curandero type, shaman type uh, personalities. That's what they wanted to do with uh, the teachings, what they were learning as far as spiritualism was concerned. They wanted to use it to transform themselves into healers or men of wisdom. Myself, I just wanted peace. I just wanted peace. I was in the middle. So this kind of tells you where I'm at in, uh, in this part of my life. And the two bringing up the rear, they wanted magic. They wanted to know everything and anything that there was to do with magic. They wanted to shape the world to their whim. And that to me, it's very endearing because they were full of creativity. They were full of imagination. But at the same time, it seemed like it was very dangerous for them to learn things that um, could potentially harm them or harm the rest of us. The one thing about them was that they had no fear. And a healthy fear is a healthy respect for the unknown. And that, that's something that's very, very crucial when dealing with the paranormal and, uh, you know, the, the occult. So we're off traversing through the desert. We uh, think we see something on the floor that looks like a paw print. We gather around it. And uh, at this point in time, you can still hear like the nightlife in the desert. You can hear, um, I mean, if you want to call it animals or whatever, whatever's nearby, maybe like birds nesting in the shrubs or whatever. Because like, like there wasn't any real trees. The, the tallest thing out here were the, uh, the, 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 the tree, I guess, like, I don't know what you would call them, but they turn into tumbleweeds. And uh, there was a few of those out here, um, more like sparse undergrowth sand, stuff like that. You could see the city lights, you could hear a little bit of the city, um, the sounds of the city, uh, and we were near the freeway, and you could hear some cars um, passing by, and that's something that we didn't notice before, because when we had the first experience, we didn't hear anything. We just heard the thumping and the howling and the barking and this, uh, this fear that we were feeling. So we looked down at where 
um, you know, the, the leaders or whatever you want to call them, the ones in the front had found this paw print, supposed paw print. And we look at it and sure enough, it is, it's a paw print. You can tell, you know, it's, it's a, it's canine. It's something there. And we start looking around, we find more. It's like it's leading off into the desert and we start following the footprints. Um, and after a little while, they started getting more, um, spread out in a way. It seemed like it was either like hurrying along or running, but they were very clear in the sand and you could follow them very easily, especially with the moon being as bright as it was. And there comes a point in time where we're not walking anymore, but we're like hurriedly chasing these prints. And as we're chasing them, I start getting this feeling like, wait, wait, this is too easy. This is something, this is something that's running away from us or rather leading us somewhere. And as I had that thought, the paw prints started getting further and further spread out from each other. And it was like it was running. And so we hurried our pace and, and started following them. Then there came a point where it stopped. It stopped. The paw prints stopped. We looked around. There wasn't anything there. But then we found another set of paw prints. I keep referring to them as paw prints, but footprints, whatever. It looks like the animal decided to stop on all fours. And then it took another step and another step, but there wasn't a following, uh, there wasn't following steps, I guess you could say. In other words, it decided to get up and start walking on two fucking legs. That's what it looked like. It looked like this thing no longer ran on four legs. It looked like it was walking around on two fucking legs. And that didn't sink in right away. That didn't, that we didn't fucking realize what the hell we were witnessing at the moment. We just kept following this thing. And as we followed it further into the desert, it was still walking away from us a good 15, 20 steps into the desert. There came a point where we came upon one of the footprints. And the footprint fell on the sand and the sand was soft and you could see the front of the paw, the nails, the pads of the canine paw, the dog paw. And it stepped and the back looked like a heel. It was elongated. It didn't look like a dog foot. It looked like a man, the back of a man's foot, the heel of a man's foot or, you know, a human if you want, if you don't want to be sexist, a human foot was just there. It, it, it looked like it had decided to, Hey, you know, fuck it. I'm a dog. Now I'm going to be a man. And it took a step and it, and then we saw another step that was very similar in front of it. And as we saw it, we all looked up and realized that there was a giant bush or it looked like a big giant gathering of, of bushes right in front of us. It looked like a nest. To me, it looked like a nest. And I remember one of my friends commented on that. He said, holy shit, that looks like a big den or a nest for something. And we were all gathered at that point in time. All of us were together. And we looked at this thing and we realized, wait, wait, we were lured. We were fucking lured and we fell for it. And we're looking into this nest, this dark black nest, because everything around it was very, very dark. The, the moonlight did not seem to illuminate it. And we're looking at it and then we hear it. We hear the sound of rattlesnakes. We hear the rattle of rattlesnakes. And that's the thing, man. Like, what the fuck? We, we realized what the hell we were looking at. And we heard the sound. And that sound means get the fuck out. 
and that's when we all panicked. All of us, at the same fucking time, we panicked. We turned around, and we started walking the fuck away. No one said a word. Everyone just turned around and started walking away from that area, trying to get back to the vehicle. And we felt this, like, sensation of, holy shit, we got to get the fuck out of here right now. And boom, everyone broke into a sprint. And once again, what did I just finish saying? Don't run from anything paranormal. Don't run from anything immortal because it draws their attention and they can see you. And these guys are fucking hauling ass into the desert towards the car. And I'm still in the back, like walking, like, dudes, come on. We know better than this. You know, I'm trying to keep my fucking composure. We're supposed to be walking. We're not supposed to be running. Bull fucking shit, man. Boom. I started running too. I was getting left behind and the same fucking thing happened. We ran to the car. We fucking flung the doors open. We jumped into the vehicle and we had the sensation that something was chasing us down. My friend started the car. Luckily it started. It wasn't like the horror movies. It started and we took off. We fucking took off and had I not started running, they would have left my ass behind. So thankfully I did run to get into the vehicle. I was the last one in. I was in the front seat um, and we're driving away same thing it feels like something's chasing us we start hearing hearing the howling the fucking banging against the door the chase was on and these things that we could not see these dog men were chasing us out of the desert and we were in a hurry to get the fuck out we were in a hurry to fucking leave because we didn't want anything to do with that much less something invisible that we couldn't see the desperation was high my friend kicked it into gear we were kicking up sand and dirt and weeds and who knows what else rocks and stuff and we're hauling ass out of the desert still feeling those thumps against the windows against the doors hearing the howling hearing the barking same thing happens we break into joe battle the street and took a sharp turn right and started going down the the freeway and that was it everything came back to normal everything started coming back into focus and we went back to my friend's house and we discussed this and we were fucking scared out of our freaking minds man like what the hell did we just witness what the hell just came after us what the hell just happened we had our theories we had our theories that we had just witnessed uh you know a ghost a phantom maybe like a memory anything to try and explain the horror that we had felt anything to try and explain the mania we had experienced to get the hell out of there because we feared for our ever-loving lives we discussed this into the night we stayed there outside my friend's house it was nearby we you know tried to gather up our courage to go back again but we weren't having it and we just chalked it up to something that we had experienced together and we would go over it with uh, the people that were teaching us the path you know the way to the spiritualism that we we're looking for um, we all experience nightmares after that. We had very, uh, very bad time getting to sleep that night. That whole weekend was very odd. We didn't really speak to each other that whole weekend. And it was very, very, like, uh, I don't know, off-putting. Come Monday morning, um, I get up and get ready and go to community college and I'm walking around you know I'm trying to you know just forget about what I experienced on Friday night and I see this familiar group of people uh, sitting around talking to Malik and of course I stroll up there once again because I felt uh, you know entitled to be an asshole to him and I'm walking up and he sees me and he gives me this grin, like this giant grin that, um, you know, he had given me before. And he's looking at me as I'm walking up to him. And 
something told me that I should just not say anything to him. And as I'm walking up to him, I change my mind and I start walking past him. As I'm walking past him, he stands up and very loudly he says, So, did you like what I sent you? And I turned around and I'm like, What? And he says it again. So, did you like what I sent you? And that grin, that grin told me everything I needed to know. That grin told me that I had overstepped my bounds. That grin told me that I was fucking with things that were not in my realm of knowledge. And it shook me to the core. It scared the shit out of me because I realize now that this guy had been playing coy and he was something that I was not aware of. And that's why you have to be very careful when you mess with people because you don't know them. You don't know their past. You don't know their present. And he looked at me and he smirked, you know, and he like guffawed or whatever you want to call it. You know, he air escaped his lungs and it made a sound as I walked away. And I tried to avoid him after that. And he got a little bit bolder. Um, you know, after that, especially with my then girlfriend or whatever, but it wasn't anything, you know, to talk about. It's, it just kind of like died off. She kind of gave him the cold shoulder, you know, some old dude trying to hit on her and she, you know, blew him off. But, um, he was still around very much of my life, uh, my younger years anyway. And I would see him from time to time, and I would not say anything to him. I would keep my mouth shut, because it did teach me a very valuable lesson as to how to respect power. But at the same time, you have to remember that if you give someone power, they will have it over you. They will use that against you. So that is my tale for now. Um, there is another small... Um, I guess occurrence that happened after after that. Um, I saw some shadow people at my friend's house that were upstairs, and I tried to chase them down, but uh, nothing nothing happened. Uh, there wasn't anything there. It wasn't a big deal, but you know it did put a little bit of a scare into us. This was the main thing. Whatever we experienced out in the desert, whatever type of dog men were out there, or dog people or dog creature that we felt and saw and heard or I mean more heard and felt than saw because we really didn't see anything other than the footprints but uh, that was there it was there in plain sight and was witnessed by the seven of us and we never forgot it we don't really talk much these days but we still have a healthy respect for it some of those people I still talk to and if I bring it up to them they will you know they'll they'll uh, go over it but uh, they'd rather forget it but the thing is, has it uh, ever forgotten us? That's a whole other thing. So that's my tale for this week. I do thank you guys for listening once again. I'll be back again very, very soon. Um, the Crypto No Second Chance campaign is starting up very soon. There is a sign-in, um, a sign-up uh, for that. We're going to be launching it both on Indiegogo and on Kickstarter for the first time. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, look in the comment section of this podcast or something, and you'll be able to see the uh, the link so you can sign up early for the Cryptonauts. Thank you guys for indulging me, for listening to my rants, my craziness, my raves. And I will be back very soon with another tale of uh, whatever the hell, I guess I remember that day, whatever is affecting me that day. Until then, you guys, keep the lights on, lock your doors. The Cryptonauts are coming, of course, but um, stay hard talk hard, and Mexelsior.